millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Charlton were just three minutes away from being left feeling seasick on the filed coast at Fleetwood. It wasn't plain sailing, but we earned a point. Is that a good result or not? I guess we'll try and work that one out on tonight's Charlton Live. So, good evening. And welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Lewis Cat. Lewis, how are you doing? I'm good, Louis. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, very well. It's um, nice to be back in the swing of things after that little international break, wasn't it? It is, yeah. It is nice, actually. You always miss it, don't you? Yeah, you always miss it. The real football, as, uh, as, as we call it, or rubbish football, as I guess fans of other <laughs> teams call it. Um, uh, uh, on tonight's show, we will be looking back at yesterday's 2-2 draw with Fleetwood Town, hearing from Russell Slade, not once, but twice. Uh, we're going to hear 
hear your tweets and your emails on what you made of the game. Do you, th- do you think it was a good result or not in, in the circumstances? We, we want to know what you guys think on that. Let us know. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. We can tweet us at charltonlive. And also, after yesterday, me and my friends made an unscheduled stop-off on the way to the game. We went to watch the ballroom dancing uh, in Blackpool Tower Ballroom, <laughs> uh, which I... I, I Never thought I'd be doing that, but I did. And if I ever thought I would, was doing it, it would definitely not be on a boozy away day. Uh, but for some reason, we went and did that. Um, so, yeah, we'd like to know what's the strangest thing you've ever done uh, uh, before a game. You can email studio at Charlton Live or you can tweet us in at Charlton Live. There's also a thread on... There's two threads, really, on the Charlton Life forum. If you head over to Charlton Life, uh, you'll see there's a couple of threads talking about... One about the show and one about that subject, the strangest place you've been to on the way to a game. Uh, because I'm, I'm quite interested to know knowing what it is. Um, first things first, though, uh, let's listen back to the highlights of yesterday's game uh, brought to you here by Terry Smith and by Liam Happ. Stoke trying to get the ball up. That's a long shot coming in from Chris Long but has caught Declan Rudd out. The ball was knocked forward. Chop made a real hash of it in midfield. A combination of I think Crofts and Holmes maybe that uh, really didn't get a hold of it. Fleetwood nipped in, the ball ran kindly for Chris Long, who had all the time in the world to pick his shot. He spotted that Declan Rudd was out of position, and the Charlton keeper couldn't get back in before it was rifled into the bottom left-hand corner. Well, we discussed before the game, Terry, how Fleetwood would really start this hot and fast. They'd go direct, and it's worked. It's worked so well inside four minutes, they have the lead. That was a, an avoidable scenario for me, but now Charlton's got it all to do. They've not really even had a, a chance in this game to play the ball a little bit themselves, and they already find themselves a goal behind. Did they just play the Captain Pugwash song? Yeah, they did. Oh, good grief. I quite like Fleetwood until that happened. Oh, we, we have our reasons to hope there's no more Fleetwood goals, but now we have an extra incentive just to hope that's the only time they score today. Squirted out cross field to Chris Solly. Chris Solly with uh, Holmes continuing his run, but he finds it to McGuinness, who turns well, takes a shot. A little bit of a snap effort. Decent turn on the move, but uh, the ball really wasn't in the right position to take that shot on. But he did so, and it just squirted, uh, uh, just scuffed it rather, left of the uh, left-hand post. Charlton had it back and are back on the attack with Ricky Holmes on the right-hand side. He's taking his man on, cuts inside. Left foot cross, McGuinness is there, gets his head, and there's the equaliser! Josh McGuinness on 31 and a half minutes, and has Charlton back in again. Yeah, I see uh, Uwe Rosler shaking his head, but there's not much more reaction for him. I think he knows this was coming. There's been some good attacking over the last 10 minutes in Fleetwood. But Charlton's been building the case in this game. And in the last 60 seconds, they had two great chances. The lateral which has been put away. And there's no player in a purple shirt that deserves it. It's more so far than He's been very integral despite playing deep, despite drifting from flank to flank. He's been a major part of this, and he's got the goal. One all here at Highbury, although... Fleetwood are back on the march and it's long again on the edge of the penalty area, takes a shot oh my word, should have done better probably could have done better but he's hit his shot past the right hand Charlton post thrown down the line by Solly, Bell gets a hit on it Dempsey will knock it forward looking for Long Condor, heads it away Overstead drops to the floor and it'll drop to Bell who takes a shot and into the top left hand corner Overstead caught out there facing his own goal couldn't do anything with it. He got leave it out of the way. Ball took over and hit his shot, curling shot into the top left-hand corner. 
Olvestad will be extremely frustrated. Uh, Devante Cole was able to just wrap himself around him there with no consequence. But he should have done better. He should have been able to hold that ball up nonetheless. It wasn't that much of a threat. But you can't take anything away from that sublime finish into the top corner. Ball knocked forward. No, they don't. It's bang on 47 minutes. It is half-time. Ball into the box. Cleared away by Pond. But it'll drop to Cross. Don't shoot, please. Cross. Slide ball up to Novak. Novak. Ball out to... Fox again, Fox into the penalty area, looking for Novak, looking for Lookman, Lookman's on it, Lookman with the shot, oh it's Cannondon blocked, back to Overstead, takes a shot, oh just wide left at a post and it must have taken a touch because it's a Charlton corner, ball, oh trying to find uh, Novak but instead Lookman picks it out and finds Holmes, he's in the left hand edge of the penalty area, chips it back across, oh and it's just gone away, oh and it's side netting from McGuinness. Well, it looked easier to score, but he's out and squirmed out here really to Holmes. Will look to take on his man. He's got two men in front of him. Goes on the outside, gets the ball back across. Novak's in there, edge of the six-yard box. Chips the ball back across. Oh, tipped over the bar. Will he try and take his man on? Cuts inside, then finds Chris Solly in the inside channel. Solly, little touch, looking for Novak. Oh, he's gone down. It's got to be a penalty. Nothing given. He was sandwiched there by two defenders. He was taken out. And uh, Pons has come away from that, uh, sorry, uh, Bell has come away from that limping because of the contact he made. Had to be a penalty. He comes away, but picked off by Solly. Solly goes infield to Novak. Well, Novak's got quite time to turn here. Goes out to McGuinness. McGuinness now throws down by Bell. Steps in up and goes inside to Foley. Foley's got to... Bataka on his outside, Bataka looking to take his man on, does so, goes round him as well, Bataka, head corner of the penalty area, little ball into Foley, takes the shot, Foley, yes, and there's the finish by Lee Novak to give Charlton the equaliser. And it was great approach, mate, all Novak had to do was finish from close range, it was never in doubt, he just got a little flick on it, but that... That, that passage of play from the right-hand side, they sloped it in between the defenders, it had to be done. Uh, we've seen Cholton just keep the attacks going, we knew they could be on top of this game, that's exactly what it did, and the chance came. There's been a couple of opportunities from that sort of close range where we really thought that would be it. If they kept it going, we said, Terry, law of averages, and it's come in. I feel like Cholton could value for 2-2, at the very least. We'll drop to Wolford, and that's the final whistle. Peg back the home side on two occasions. So there we have it, uh, Terry Smith and Liam Hap talking you through yesterday's game up at Highbury Stadium. We uh, drew two-two with Fleetwood Town. Uh, Lewis, I mean, we're asking we're asking the listeners out on Twitter, and, and uh, you can you can email the studio at chartonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at chartonlive. But I'll ask you, is is that a good result? Um, I mean, to get a draw away from home on paper is a good result. Um, but for me, I mean, I wasn't there yesterday, so I couldn't really comment too much. But I heard that the, the goals that they scored were pretty sloppy and avoidable. Mm. Um, so in that in that sense, not really, because we maybe were the you know the creators of our own demise and the fact that we we didn't get the three points. It would be nice to come back from the international break with a win. Yeah, bearing in mind we had that extra week off. But yeah. you know, it's a, we came back twice, so it does show that there's some character there. It was interesting um, with, with, yeah. the, with the week off because Russell Slay said we, we, we did actually train the full two weeks. It's, it's literally just one game that we missed off. So in terms of a rest, I'm not sure if, if that counts or not. But yeah. you, you're right about the, the sloppiness of the goals we conceded. And again, we'll, we'll hear from Slade later on throughout the show. And he was fuming. I mean, and, and you, you look at Fleetwood. I mean, it's quite easy when, when, when you're like us and we've been 
floating away up in the championship for, for the last few years you sort of get carried away you don't really pay that much attention to league one all of a sudden we're, we're, we're playing these teams that you know Fleetwood Town they're a really small team as far as we're concerned but if you actually look at the form they, they've started off well so that that could you could you could say if you go to a team that's sitting third in the league and you get a draw away from home that that makes it a better result you know that, mm. even if it is just Fleetwood yeah I mean, I mean you can you can look at that but I mean we've got that game in hand and if we'd have if we say we've won that game in hand we'd be up there as well I just think you know, fair play to split. We've got UA Rosler, who's obviously a manager who, who knows what he's doing in terms of all, all the leagues, really. He's done a job wherever he's been, mm. maybe apart from Leeds. Or maybe. It's so quite hard like, to do a job at Leeds, to be fair. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, just on, maybe I'm looking at it as in I see Fleetwood Town versus Charlton Athletic, and I think Charlton should be storming that one. Yeah. But times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember seeing uh, Millwall were playing Fleetwood Town last year on a Tuesday night, and just I saw I saw the feature was happening. I was just convinced it must have been the Johnson's paint or something. <laughs> exactly. That's before seeing that was an actual league game, because I mean Fleet, Fleetwood is in, in, an incredible story. The way they've come up over the last, I think I think nine or ten years in, mm. into the amount of promotion. I think they've probably had about seven promotions in that time. Um, the the opening goal. I mean. Uh, Again, Russ, Russell Slade not happy with the way we, we lost the ball uh, within our own half twice and we got punished twice. And then the opening goal uh, fell to Chris Long uh, and it was a long way out and he, he hit a long shot, a low shot. And uh, Declan Rudd, uh, discussing off air, I mean, was he out of position? Was he, I mean, he probably wasn't expecting us to lose the ball. But mm. should, should he have done better with that one, do you think? That's it. I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't there. But looking at it on the highlights, I, you know, like, I thought he should have done better with it. But like you said to me off air, we've lost the ball there and he probably wasn't expecting us to lose the ball. So he's not really allowed allowed for that, but it's, again, it's it's a little bit sloppy, um, and he's going to want you know Russell's going to want to have a look at that and try and get that sorted out pretty quick because yeah. you're doing that against Fleetwood Town and getting punished. So mm. imagine if we're doing that against yeah, the I mean, Fleetwood Fleet played with three up front and uh, pressing high from the beginning, and and uh, which Slade said he knew that was going to happen. So he, he actually said we didn't want us playing the ball around too much within our own half because we were going to lose it, and, that, and that's what we did. Mm. Uh, because because I think perhaps the, the early shock to the system with that goal, and, and perhaps maybe the fact that we were trying not to get caught out of the back, we, we, we really didn't keep possession very well, I think, for the first 10 minutes or so. Fleetwood started off on top, but then... Yeah, something changed after a couple of mi- after after that ten minutes or so, and I felt that we were actually growing growing into the game. We had more possession, but then it's then it started getting to that frustrating bit where we're waiting to start to create chances, and the only chances we were creating were sort of half chances. I think there was one nodded back to a Jose on the edge of the box, and he completely sliced his effort. Mm-hmm. And there, McGuinness on the turn. Uh, you might have, I don't think we heard it on the highlights, but McGuinness on the turn from outside the box, he skews his effort wide. You know, I mean, th- th- that's something we have seen perhaps at, at times. I mean, we even saw it in periods in the Berry game on the opening day. Uh, and perhaps the first half of the Northampton game where we were enjoying possession but really not doing much with it and the, the longer those spells goes on the more worrying it is I mean it was it was for, for, for a good 10-15 minutes perhaps in, in the midway point of that, of that first half Yeah I mean it's, um, it's like people we've been saying uh, since the start of the season that we don't we don't really take our chances at all and we, um, but it's, it's the same old story for Charlton is that we always we, cr- we create fantastic chances a lot of the time and never seem to bury them but um I mean, I, I wasn't there to see this new midfielder guy. I know we were sort of calling for a bit of a box-to-box midfielder. Frederick Ulvestad. Ulvestad, yeah. Ulvestad. Ulvestad. I'm, not, I'm not too sure how he did. I know he had mm. a bit of a mare. I was, uh, he, he, was a bit, he let himself down a bit with uh, one of the goals when it was the second goal. Mm. Um, he... Um, it, it got to the point at half-time where I, I think... Um, I, I was suddenly thinking, I, I haven't really spotted him yet. 
And in terms of like, I haven't really taken too much notice of what he was doing. So he wasn't standing out and doing anything spectacular. He came close to scoring in the second half. And I, I made a point of asking Slade what he made of him, just you know, out of interest. Yeah. And, and he sort of said, you know, there's good points and bad points. But I think he really had it on his mind about the way we gave away these two goals. And because yeah, yeah. he was guilty of one of those, that was the thing he spoke about most yeah. when we asked him about him. But yeah, I mean, the the midfield for me has been a problem at times this season perhaps the central midfield two very similar players so so we did we did need someone else didn't we yeah we did um like like we were saying you know you've got crofts foley jackson who are all very similar players um all of a sudden i've not i've not seen he could he could be just as similar we needed someone um he's a bit more box to box you know cousins I, i feel we haven't replaced cousins properly yeah, but I mean, all of a sudden he's only had he's only had one game, so maybe yeah, it's, 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 be... it's way too early to be writing anyone off or, or, or yeah. saying anyone's anyone's the next uh, you know David Beckham or anything. Because I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Jordan Bocato later on because he's one player that got written off earlier, but mm. now he's, he's coming in and done some business uh, for us yesterday. Right, equaliser, <laughs> Ricky Holmes again. You can all, he he's been the man who so far perhaps most consistently has, has produced. If not, mm. like, you know, he has the ball the most. He. You know, we we saw shots from him yesterday that weren't perhaps on target. But he, you know, even when he was having a difficult game with his finishing, perhaps he he, he put an absolute peach of a cross uh, for Josh McGuinness there, and McGuinness gets his first Charlton goal. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Holmes is one of those players where you you enjoy paying money to go and watch him play football because he can, he you know, he's he's getting in, he's quite old, isn't he? But he's still so good with the ball and he's still fast he you know everything about him I, I really like as a player and then if he can you know if he can deliver balls into a player like McGuinness who's who's winning everything in the air from the times I've seen him play then we're gonna we're gonna score goals and we're gonna create chances so that's that's a really good um link up and two really good signings from Russell Slade actually uh, and it's nice to see McGuinness get on the score sheet because he's played fantastically since he's come in just just hasn't had the goal so mm. now he's got that hopefully he can get a couple more. I mean, his, his scoring record, uh, the, I think, at Kilmark, it, it was it wasn't out of this world. It was it was fairly average for a striker. But I think even we 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 talk about these sort of strikers all the time. Like you remember the likes of, and Dion Burton or someone like that, who who's more the hold up player, more the big man, more who do the knockdown. Those strikers don't tend to score as much. And I think mm. he's, he's that sort of player. But to get off the mark is it's just that little bit of confidence, isn't it? And he'll he'll, he'll yeah. be hungry for more now, won't he? Yeah, definitely. He's. Um Obviously, he's made that step, and people were questioning him if moving to League One was a step up for him, which I, I think it is, especially moving to Charlton. So yeah. he's going to be he's going to be keen to impress and keen to make a name for himself in this in the division, and hopefully, you know, that's going to benefit us massively, and he can get you know ten or so goals this season, and we'll be we'll be laughing. Mm. So we got that that equaliser. I think what, what minute was that? About half half an hour in, maybe 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 yeah, slightly yeah. before. Um, and then again, I think I, I actually felt we thought felt quite comfortable towards the end of that that first half and I was I was, I was uh, all getting ready to to go on and say that you know we Chong Chong look, look to be slightly the better team in the second period of that first half that just when we give the ball away again and uh, a second really good goal by by Fleetwood Town David Ball picks it up a corner of the area curls it over Declan Rudd I mean um, Rudd uh, maybe a yard or so further forward than he might have been but mm. again it's because we give the ball away yeah and um, but it, it was a good finish and and, and we go in two one down yeah it it was a really good goal um, but again, like we say, avoidable. We shouldn't be giving the ball away, um, especially we just scored pretty much, and we wasn't long after we'd scored that, um, mm. that we've done that. And you think, oh, okay, that's back back to square one. It'd be nice to have got in at half time at one all and mm. sort of reassessed the game plan. But then Russell's got to change his <laughs> change his chat just before you go down yeah. the tunnel. So um, yeah, you can't take anything away from the finish, but we need to, we need to be a bit more clever on the ball. Um, 
yeah. in situations like that. And uh, you'll hear you'll hear exactly well roughly what Russell said actually said to his players at halftime in our interview because we asked him it was very short and very sharp. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of the interview. Listen out for that. Um, just before we move on because that, obviously that's the last time Fleetwood scored a goal. Um, the captain Pugwash goal music. What did you make of that? I thought it was, it, it, <sighs> obviously the disappointment of conceding a goal. I was gutted the goal goes in and all of a sudden Captain Pugwash is playing. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean. It, it, Maybe uh, it probably sugarcoats it for a few people because it is quite funny, but it didn't sound like Terry appreciated it. Very no, much. he did that. <laughs> it's, it's a bit different. I was probably, I, I'm probably looking back at it and thinking that was quite funny. But I imagine at the time I was actually. Oh, it's God, just as bad as Hull with their flashing the flashy lights. lights yeah. Thing, yeah, see, I enjoyed the flashy lights. That was too many times. Off, yeah. All, all yeah. six times. And they had epilepsy by the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so we went in at half time. Russell Slade had his stern words uh, with the team and, and told them that you know. We, we, we knew we were going to get pressed up. We knew we, we, we were going to lose the ball. And I think at the start of the second half, again, we, we started more possession. We saw a Ricky Holmes run go down the side and shot. And then, to be honest, I, I think we, we um, had the better of the chances. Um, it, but it just felt it wasn't it wasn't going to fall for us. And, and then there was a, a couple of subs. I mean, the, the, there was a double sub about 10 minutes from the end when uh, Ricky Holmes and Ulvstad both went off. Mm. Um, Froley and Botaka came on. And now the interesting thing about that was, I mean, obviously because Ricky Holmes is... A favourite from all of us, but um, uh, where where we were, where I was in the stand, is the, in the big stand of Fleetwood. There, to my left, there were sitting down Charlton fans, so a good handful of Charlton fans, and Russell Slade was right in front of all of us, so he could hear every word that was being shouted by Charlton fans. I mean, there was one midway through the second half, sorted out Russell, and I remember thinking, oh, he's definitely heard that. I wonder what he's made of that. Mm. Um, and then um, apparently, obviously, I, I personally didn't hear it, but apparently there were some grumblings when he took Holmes off. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you can understand why fans would be disappointed to see him going off. But the, the other side, I have to remember, he's had this bruised foot, and we find out he hasn't actually been training that much. So that, that's that's the reason he has to go off. Mm, yeah, that's I, I saw a few things on Twitter actually about that, and in, even even for me, um, seeing that Holmes is coming off when you're losing, yeah, it is disappointing. But then you've got to look at it and think, you know, he has had that that bruised foot. He's been he's been hacked to pieces because that's you know that's the position he plays. He's always going to. Um, be kicked apart, especially in this division. So, I mean, they brought on brought on Botaka, who I think maybe a lot of people have thought, you know, the first couple of times he came on, he didn't he didn't look too sharp, didn't look great, but he's just gone on. Uh, he had a really good performance in the week, didn't he, for Congo? Yeah, he's got yeah, a goal and assist. Yeah. So he's going to come back firing confidence. To me, it, it rings the whole Freddie um, Bulo situation where he he didn't look like the player, and then he goes and does does wonders at the Africa Cup of Nations and comes back a different player. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully, again, that that could work in our benefit, and I, I think there's a, there's a definite player in Bataka. It's just going to be a little while yeah. before he settles in. Sebo Lewis said that he had to hold himself back from dancing along to the Captain Pugwash music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can imagine that as well. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite a cheery tune. Because <laughs> by the seaside, there was um, I don't know if you've seen the GoPro footage of McGuinness's goal. And so it's from quite a low angle, and you see the sky. You see the amount of seagulls flying over. It might put the goalkeeper off. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so we're, we're pushing. I mean, for all the possession we were having, it just got it got to. I think there was again a middle period in the in the second half where it, just, it, it was just frustrating because nothing was really coming off. And then then we started clicking. Then we start, started seeing a couple of chip. I think a chipped cross by Holmes, which was obviously before he got subbed. Mm-hmm. The keeper tipped, and I think then McGinnis put it into the side net. And there was one by Novak when he came on, which he tipped over. And we just started feeling like we were just getting back into mm-hmm. it. Then then there's this penalty shout, which um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but basically the ball was played into the box by Solly. Um, it wasn't the best pass, to be honest. It gave Novak a bit to do, but he did well to get, in, to get into that position, sandwiched in between two defenders, one of which, I think it was the left-back, just wiped him out. And at the time, I remember thinking from where we were sitting, it just looked like it just looked like mm. they're coming together, they ran into each other, they both fell down. So I, didn't, I don't think I even yeah. tweeted about it. I don't think I, I, I even sort of brought it in, into my match report. But then Russell Slade... 
and you, you understand exactly how this interview worked. But Russell Sage was certain afterwards that we should have had a penalty for that. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw a bit of footage today, which um, put it in slow mo, um, and I can I can sort of see why Russell was one in that second interview. It, look, it it does look as he was he as he was being sandwiched, he was tripped by that second player. Um, and as Terry said on the highlight, he was actually limping from the contact, the Fleetwood player. So yeah, he was. Yeah, there was definitely there was definitely something in it. Um, but then you can look at it and think, if we'd have had the penalty and scored it, would we have then scored? You know, again, yeah. like we'd scored the equaliser. I don't know. It changes it completely. But you know, you never know. It, I mean, it was a penalty in in my eyes, but you know, it's it's gone. It's, it? yeah, it's, it's gone. It's, it's too late now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the club tweeted out inviting fans to uh, tweet out the the, the video. Uh, of the incident today, inviting fans to um, say whether it was a penalty or not. And I noticed a Fleetwood Town official rec- account yeah. replied, no way, with a winky face. Exactly, so I think, I wonder yeah. if they're feeling like I they, think they know, they've they? got away with one there. So, right, so so, we, so we've made three subs in that second half. We've got Foley, Novak and Bo Tarka have, have come on. And um, I'm, I'm sure, you, as a manager, you must feel slightly uh, smug when, when all three subs that you make all, are all involved <laughs> in equalising goals. It was glorious work by Botaka, who did play really well yesterday in, in, in his cameo. Got down that, that right wing, uh, played a nice ball into Foley. Now, I thought Foley had just played it across the face, um, but looking at the um, looking at the highlights yesterday, what he actually done is, he, I think he'd had a shot, but then it clipped a defender, which slightly changed its direction into Lee Novak. Novak uh, can't can't really miss from, from a, a yard out there, and, and we're level and... You know, that's that, that, you could you could say those chances we started having in that last ten fifteen minutes we we earned we earned probably a, a point a fair result. You'd... Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd say it's definitely I think a point minimum is a fair result, definitely. Mm. Um, and again, another you know it's another goal scorer uh, to get off the off the mark, isn't it? With Lee Novak, he's had the injury with his hand, mm. so he he did well for Chesterfield yeah. last year. Hopefully, he can now. Yeah. Keep had, on and, and play. We had Lee Novak come out to speak to us after after the game yesterday. That's an interview you'll be able to read in the South London Press or on the South London Press website tomorrow morning and, and on the club website. I imagine we won't we won't play that on tonight because it's embargoed until then. Um, but yeah, you can see you can imagine how frustrating it must have been for him with his hand injury. And you know when you when you when you've when you've come to a new club, you want to hit the ground running. I remember mm-hmm. like the the Welling game. Him and Nicky Jose had a really nice combination game where I think Nick, Nicky got a hat trick and. Uh, Novak had probably set up at least two of them, mm. um, and and he's obviously thinking he's coming to a new club, going to start. He wants to start with a bang, but there goes his hand, and 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 that's just slowed him down a lot. So a real relief for him to get off the mark. Yeah, definitely. And you, and you could see it was it was troubling him when he when he played at Berry. He he wasn't. He, I mean, no one really clicked that day, but he didn't look great, and I think it was a real shame. So it's nice that he's been able to have that time off. He, McGuinness has come in and and filled that position. Um, now this competition, you know, it's three really good League One strikers there. It's, it's a good selection headache for Russell to have with those mm. three. So. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk, talking of uh, Russell Slade, let's hear what he had to say then after uh, after yesterday's game. This is his first interview. I'll explain to you why it's his first, his first one of two. Uh, I'll explain to you why after. But let's listen to Russell Slade summing up yesterday's game with Fleetwood Town. Russell, two-all draw at Fleetwood today. What did you make of that? Um, well, we've had to come behind twice. Um... Really disappointed with the start to the game. We warned them, we told them, we prepared for it. Um, shouldn't have been playing in our half in the first ten minutes because we knew their front three would press with a real urgency. It wasn't the time to, to to be taking the ball at the back and it led us into trouble. They're one nil up. We've had to fight back. We've got ourselves back in the game. Got ourselves uh, an equaliser from, from Josh. Delighted for him. 
and then we let ourselves down again. What do we do again? In the final five minutes before half-time, we give the ball away again in our defending third, and we're 2-1 down. And we've had to battle and scrap, make substitutions to have an impact, to come on and to try and get something here. Very difficult game, tough game, tough place to come, but we'll have to be satisfied with the point and move on. I guess you have to be satisfied as well that you're all three substitutes involved in that second goal, so as a manager that must feel quite good. Um, yeah, look, there was, a, there was clearly a few grumbles in the stand as I made those substitutions, but people don't understand. Ricky Holmes has trained two to three sessions in the last 14 days uh, with his bruised foot. Uh, Bataka's come back um, really positive um, from his impact he made playing for Congo, and I thought he was excellent when he came on thought the composure he showed and the link up him and Kev Foley did and sometimes you've got to be bold, you've got to be brave and we did that, double substitution and um, it paid off and we could, could easily have you know, we, we might have even won the game in the end and It's important for, for the two strikers he scored to, to get off the mark as well Yeah it is, yeah, no, no, re no really pleased um, you know, that, that you want your strikers you want your forward playing, scoring goals at the end of the day you don't mind where they come from but I, I mean it is nice for your strikers to, to get on the court score sheet because you know that builds a little bit of confidence for them. You got to give a, a debut today to your, your loanee from Burnley, Frederick Olstad. What did you make of him today? Yeah, your first game, first game, so it's difficult. Uh, first game in League One, first game for Charlton. Um, I thought he did some things very well. Um, got caught on it for the, for the second goal with the ball, gave the ball away cheaply in the defending third. He, he will have to learn from that, but I'm sure he will. A lot of travelling fans though, they come a long way to support your team. Yeah, fantastic. A fantastic amount of fans to come here. Um, they just got they just got to trust sometimes when I make decisions to try and change games, um, to try and get something out of a game when it looks like it might be slipping away, which it did today. And now another week's uh, recovery. Is that, do you think the likes of Johnny Jackson will be closer to fitness next week? Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping he'll join in on Monday, and you know that will. I, I don't think we've got anything serious today, so that that that, that will mean you know we're in good nick going into the game at home and. Uh, Obviously, as I say, we have to move on and the next game is, is, is Wimbledon at home and uh, it's very important to us now. Thank you. Is that, uh, Russell, a, different, uh, a difficult game to, to, to analyse because uh, you mentioned the mistakes before that, that cost us. Uh, they had a high-pressing game in that uh, opening period. Aside from that, we had a measure of control from time to time, got back in the game. From had that some chances. Point, yeah, exactly. Yeah, from that point, we looked like we might go on, on, on and take the lead, only to concede again. So, in the end, you're probably happy with getting a point, but overall... She shot, shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. It's probably a good way of summing it up. Um, but there was some good play, we were there, we come away from home, we've scored two goals, could have scored more than two goals, um, so that's the positive side, but um, we've still got to be doing those basics really well, haven't we, at the back, if we're going to, if we're going to be uh, in that top six. Did you have a word with the, uh, the boys at half-time, because uh, coming oh, yes. out of half-time it looked like uh, at one point it could be a sort of 6-7-5 all type game, did, you, did, yeah. did we have to shore up things? Yes, I had a very strong word at half-time. I'll leave it there. Thanks, Thank you. <laughs>
Welcome back, Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, Louis Mendes speaking with Lewis Cat in the studio. So we just heard there from uh, uh, Russell Slade after yesterday's game. And what did, what did you make of his his summing up? Well, he's, he didn't sound very happy, did he? <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could uh, tell. You could tell when he came out. He was. I've, I've seen that face before. Mm. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with, I mean, you can you can tell the whole the, the grumbles among his substitutions got to him a little bit. Yeah. Um, found that interesting yeah but I mean you just gotta you, you take that as a manager don't you it happens all the time there's been you know whatever manager's been down and there's been changes Chris Powell made where we've all been a bit like huh? yeah. but it did work so he, I, if I was him I'd have been a bit, been a bit smug about it because yeah. like you say all three were involved in the goal yeah so. and um, but it's, it, you can just tell he's um, I think like I say frustrated with some of the fans behind him right? as a football fan you, you know that you go to football and there's, there's always grumbles about everything mm. and so you, you, you I just I don't know if I was just slightly surprised that he, he I don't know if it just because it was a we were so he was so close to the Charlton fans and I can imagine they'll be going oh, what are we taking homes off for and he, he obviously just stuck in his mind really didn't it yeah I think yeah probably it, is, it was a small ground wasn't it you can mm. it's one of those where he, he's probably heard all the grumbles and he doesn't he doesn't like uh Negativity, does he? he I thought, no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to be patient, haven't you? Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, we've had a few tweets in just quickly. Uh, uh, Pete Super Addict says, "Thank God for Charlton Live, a bit of home." Pete's uh, living out abroad now, so it's, it's good to have you tweeting, Pete. And he says, "Surely we should be trouncing the likes of Fleetwood Town if we're ever going to get back to the Premier League." Fleetwood Town, Fleetwood bloody town. We've got worse re- away records against uh, Fleetwood Mac, um, and. Uh, uh, Roger, Roger Trost says, Louis, why is it every time you interview Slade, he's got the hump? Good result away from home, needle free <laughs> on uh, on Saturday. Um, now, uh, so uh, Russell Slade came out, did his interview with me. Like I say, from the very first question, I could see he wasn't happy. He was, he was, a, bit, he was a bit angry. Uh, met, uh, happily uh, based at the team this time. Um, and uh, But we did the interview, and, and I think, I'm sure you heard at the, at the end of the interview there, Terry um, uh, was uh, just probing a bit about what what you said at half time, um, because uh, I, I quite I, I think I normally think that's quite a good question actually. And why um why uh what, what why our performance would, would start to look different in the second half? So I always like to say what sort of thing did you say at half time? I didn't I didn't I personally didn't ask it. Terry did, and uh, Russell just said I had a very stern word, and that was it. <laughs> that was that was the end of the interview. So like I said, clear, he was clearly frustrated, and he, yeah. he's clearly a manager who, who goes you know he, he tells the players exactly what he needs to tell them when he needs to tell them it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I'd like to be on the end of a Russell Slade hair dryer treatment. It seems as if uh, he, he goes for it, doesn't it? But that hopefully that means the players don't want to keep hearing it and they they're up their game for him a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was obviously going to be frustrated. He's, he's a very competitive guy. He likes he likes to win. He likes a positive vibe around the place. So mm. hopefully, um, we'll move on from a from the draw and. He has a few yeah. more positive <laughs> post-match yeah. interviews. Yeah, London Inn at Giza said, uh, difficult place to come. Why is that then? He says it's more nonsense. Um, so, I mean, cause, I mean like, like I sort of said earlier, you, you, is there a danger? I mean, there's, there's so many things, there's so many different things that we talk about when we're going to, go, when we're now, we're Charlton Athletic going into a League One season. There's so many different reasons why we're there. And there's still so much anger from the fact that we are there. And I'm angry that we're in League One and we're not in, the championship at least yeah um at the same time 
if we try if we try and just look at this as a, a, a season of football, a, a League One season of football, we're a League One club in a League One season. If you look at it just as a season of football, mm. you'd have to say, well, Fleetwood are up there at the moment. You'd, you'd have to accept it's a more difficult game. If if you look at it the other way, we're Charlton, we shouldn't be in this league. Then fair enough, you're going to say, well, I don't care if it's Fleetwood, I don't care if it's Sheffield United, I don't care mm. who it is. We should go to League One teams and win. So it's sort of two different channels there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean. I mean, I get I get what people are saying with the whole. It's a difficult place to go. They're gonna they're gonna see the name Fleetwood Town and think, but we're we're mm. Charlton Athletic. We're this club with great history. We should be going there, walking away with three points with, without battering an eyelid. But like you like you say, you touch on their form this season. They're having a really good season under a, a good manager. They hit, they've got a good balance there. They had a bad season last year, but they're obviously they're they're floating on confidence because mm. they they're playing well and they're playing well at home. So mm. to come out of there with a draw when we didn't play that great. It's not. It's not the worst. The worst thing. In the it's, world. Like, it's, it's like when Tony Mowbray. Remember when we were when we were actually playing quite well at the end of our first season back in the Championship uh, under Chris Powell. We we went up to Borough and held a two 0 lead at half time, a re- really comfortable mm. lead. I think ended up drawing two all when when we shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Tony Mowbray came out and said, and this was when we were on a good run of form at a season when we ended up finishing ninth. So not a bad, not a bad mm. team. He comes out and said Middlesbrough should be beating the likes of Charlton Athletic. And I think that there's, there's, there's a case of that where I'm now thinking because like, at the game yesterday. When we were one nil down, I was, I was even I was thinking Fleetwood Town. This is Fleetwood mm. Town. Like I had to get a tram from Blackpool here. This is not a real place. <laughs> like we're, we're we're losing, but you just have to try and step try and step away from the big club mentality, which we we have and, and we, we will have in this league because we are mm. one of the bigger clubs in this league. We have to step. We, do we have to try and step away from that mentality? Yeah, you got to you got to approach every every game the same, no matter who you're playing against. Whether you like you say, whether you're playing Fleetwood, whether you're playing Sheffield United, whether we're playing Millwall, whether we're playing you know anyone. There's there's so many teams in that league. Mm. <laughs> You've, you've got to you've got to approach them all the same because people say the championship is hard to get out of, but we we know well enough how hard it is to get out of League One. Yeah, uh, Wheeler says I don't think people understand that we're in League One. Fleetwood are third and on form. We're not going to beat everyone. It baffles me, um, and that's the thing. I mean, the the old fashioned saying is if, if you, you know you win your home games, you get you get a decent draw away. That's that's not a bad result, is it? Regardless, nah. I mean, we're unbeaten in six. I mean, what's the? I, I don't really see that. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I do think that, that there will there will always be a hangover, and for me, for me this season, anything short of promotion is a failure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. it's got to be promotion. So, um, so that's why I guess every time there's a step back mm. or or, an, or not a three points, and you people are yeah. are going to question. Um, uh, Wheeler adds also adding to the fact that these smaller teams uh, come up against us and try a hundred times harder, which is really possible as well. Uh, Garmi head chef says here in the cashy goal. Uh, do we have any idea when he'll be back? As as Diara pulling a fast one has left us in need. I think they said they said about four months from the start of the season, didn't they? We haven't really heard anything uh, since then. I imagine we'll never see him again ever, because <laughs> uh, that seems to be the, the seems way. To be the trend. Yeah, right. So uh, yesterday, me and Tell did that that uh, interview with Russell Slade, and it's always like I say, you could tell he was frustrated. Uh, you could tell he wasn't happy, um, and uh, he looked—he looked slightly. Um, like I say the 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 end of the the interview ended quite abruptly, where Terry was asking him what he said, and Russell obviously didn't want to go too much into it. He just said, "I had a very strong word," uh, and Terry, quite wisely, which I wish I'd done a few weeks ago, just saw saw when when was time to end the interview and said, "I'll leave it there." And uh, we, we all said thank you, and 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 um, off he went. And then me and Tell were waiting at the side of the pitch for Lee Novak to come out. Just 
we're doing our farms, chatting about the, ball, the Blackpool ballroom. And um, then all of a sudden, all these coming out, and Russell's behind him, and he looks fuming. And I was like, oh, God, what have I done now? <laughs> but, um, and Ollie's like, oh, um, Russell's just seen a, uh, uh, the uh, replay of the penalty incident. He'd like, he'd like you to ask us another question, if that's possible. And because Terry's representing the club, Terry can ask whatever mm. Russell Slade asked him to ask in that sort of situation. So Terry uh, asked the next question. We had, a, we had a second interview with Russell Slade, and this is what uh, Russell had to say. Um, a few frustrating decisions uh, this afternoon. Um, quite a few decisions uh, seem to go uh, the home way, and um, uh, not not least the, the injury to, to, to Pierce at the end. But just before that, uh, the penalty appeal, which um, uh, on Lee Novak that looked um, looked to stone more. Let's deal with the Pierce one first. It's, it's an head injury, and he's allowed too much time to lapse. And to be honest, and to be fair to the ref, he's um, he's apologised to me. On, on, and the final whistle on the pitch. However, he's missed a Stonewall penalty. I've just looked at the footage um, of the left back on, on, on Novak, and he's absolutely wiped him out in the box. How we cannot see that is incredible. And do you think, um, had that been given, had we uh, taken the points, it would have been a deserved win? Well, you know, you take them when they're there, don't you? You know, it's a tight game today, but when you get, when you, you know, opportunities are there, you take them. When those windows come along, you've got to take them. Uh, you said the ref apologised on the pitch. Are you able to have a word about the the, the, the penalty decision a bit later on? Um, I'm, well, I, I, I'm quite happy to show him the footage. I'm not sure he'll be too happy to accept <laughs> it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely ball into the pot for Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vedicaine! And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the pot for Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vedicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton 2 1 up. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening looking back at yesterday's uh, 2-2 draw with Fleetwood Town. So there we had the second interview with Russell Slade where he came out uh, to uh, he, he obviously want, it's interesting that he obviously he obviously wanted that to be the talking point or a talking point mm. that that we were a bit hard done by in terms of we, we should have had a third. I mean but then I think I think Terry then asked do, do you think that us getting three points would have been a fair result? Which I, I don't think he, he probably was hoping to be asked because the, the, the fact is it, it probably wouldn't have been. We, we had chances, Fleetwood had a few chances, but we, you know, the, 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 our downfall was how, how sloppy we were for the goals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but he, he was interesting. He, he, he wanted, he, he definitely wanted that spoken about. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, it can be the, the turning point of any game, can't it? But I, I just think it would have come on. It would have been too late for us to have snatched the win anyway. Um, but he will feel a bit. You know, cheesed off by it because if that say that decision had come twenty minutes earlier, we'd we'd have been we'd all been fuming. But mm. I think it was just I think it maybe it's just too late in the game for us to sort of complain about it now. Yeah. But but I mean, yeah, I, would we have deserved the three points? Probably probably not. Mm. Um, no, yeah, I, I think on on the balance of play, I think the draw was fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was interesting actually because um, I didn't I didn't really hang around yesterday. I, I wanted to get back into Blackpool as soon as possible, so I was leaving pretty much as the players were leaving out the uh, the same exit, and I was walking past the coach, and I just noticed Esri Conzer on his phone. I don't know, I had no idea he was talking about, but all I heard was, yeah, you know, tough tough game, 
tough place to come, that sort of thing. So he's obviously speaking to whoever, saying, you know, that the, mm. the players probably thought that's not a terrible result. No. That's what I was garnering from that. Um, Lee Novak was more frustrated, though, that we didn't get the win. So it's in, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the players yeah. actually, actually thought of that. Right, we want to know what you guys made of yesterday's game uh, with Fleetwood Town. You can email us, studio at chaltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us uh, at Chalton Live, or you can leave a comment on the Chalton Live forum. You'll see a Chalton Live uh, thread on there. You can leave a comment, and we'll pick that up and read that out as well. And also, what we want to know is, uh, is what's the strange... All right, I'll, t- I'll play you a bit of music here. And uh, yeah, this will show you exactly what I got up to uh, before, before I went to yesterday's game. <laughs> yes, this is, this is coming to you li- uh, straight from the Blackpool Tower Ballroom. Um, now, I, um, I'd, I'd, uh, d- even though I work, I still, I still travel to the game with my friends. I've tra- the, the same people I've travelled to, to away games uh, for f- four, five or six years now uh, on the train together. It's myself, uh, my friend Benji, who's going to be joining Charlton Live at some point soon, and, and uh, our friend Pauline. We, uh, we travel together, and um, they, they, they were in charge of the train times. So I just follow them, really. And, uh, but, but much to my slight annoyance, they booked on the 7.30 out of Houston. So I, so I had to leave home. I think I had to get a bus to Croydon before 6. I was, I was oh. probably about quarter 5.40. I think I was out the, out the house on a bus to Croydon um, but that did give us a lot of time in Blackpool now the only other times I've been to Blackpool uh, has been on has been on weekenders for the game uh, and and a load of us have gone up all, all, all uh, you know pitched up in a hotel and barely barely put our bags down before getting on the beer out, out on, the, on the Blackpool <laughs> seafront so to be honest I, I've never I've never actually been a big fan of Blackpool as a place because I've, I've only ever seen the dingy clubs and the dingy <laughs> pubs and you know the the uh, the, the McDonald's at 5am that, that's the sort of Blackpool I know but I, now I actually go out there and enjoy some of the culture of Blackpool so we went down onto the beach we, we looked at the tower and then uh, looked at the price to go up in the tower and I was a bit shocked there because uh, I thought you could buy most of Blackpool for that sort of money uh, so we ended up just looking how much it was to go into the ballroom now i'm i'm um, not a strictly come dancing fan or any form of dancing fan i didn't even know there was a ballroom there um and uh, didn't know that and then when my f- my friend paulie said oh, it only cost three quid to go in and have a look i was like yeah okay i'll go and have a look the last thing i expected at sort of 11 o'clock in the morning was it to be full of people on, on the beers uh, but it all dressed up to the nines in their frocks dancing so we ended up sitting around but i was, I was just sitting there thinking like I'm on my way to a Charlton away game here. I'm normally like lying, <laughs> lying in a gutter somewhere at this time of the morning. Um, I was a bit shocked. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the strangest place I've ever been to uh, before, a, before a game. So I'd like to know uh, where you guys have ended up before a game that, that's a bit unorthodox. Um, so you can uh, email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Right, I think uh, I'm going to jump onto the, the emails about yesterday's game. I'm going to start off with one uh, here from Chris Davin. He says, come off the hour, come off the man, Novak. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The death secures us a point. Better than nothing, but it's been a very average start. Promotion seems a long way off, and target 20,000, you're having a laugh. Uh, sadly, the squad is just not good enough, and even at this dire level, you can't blame Slade for that. Uh, us, uh, can't, can't blame Slade for that. That has lay, laid firmly at the door of Roland and Co. One decent performance out of six games is really not what the doctor, even the very reverend Dr. Kiss, uh, ordered. Uh, uh, thought the starting 11 was spot on today, accepted. Uh, expected good things, but something ain't right. Lose to AFC Wimbledon on our average start would have been a disaster. Nine points from six games is not very good, and nine from seven would be an embarrassment. We keep getting told about the camaraderie amongst the squad, uh, discipline, suits, want a game, etc. But that has really made a lot of di- has that really made a lot of difference? Uh, competing on equal terms with Fleetwood says it all, and he signs it off. Uh, Roland Dow, thanks for your email, Chris. I mean. The, the, that's the debate, isn't it? I mean, how, how do you assess the, the start to the season? He points out it's, it's was it nine points in six games. Did you? How do you assess that? We're thirteenth at the moment with that game in hand. Um, I mean, looking back at some of the results, so we lost to we lost to Barry on the opening day, which was disappointing, obviously. But we were going to be a bit of a scalp that day. But it always seems to happen. Um, I, I was sort of hoping we'd be able to get get a win off of Northampton at home. Didn't happen. Um, but we we played fantastic again, uh, in the second half of that Northampton game, and then we kept that on against Shrewsbury on the Tuesday night. Um, great win at Walsall. I mean, they've got a bit of a depleted squad now from the playoff team last year, but it's still a good place to go and get a get a result. Um, and then we've had we've had the week off and the draw yesterday. So, I mean, Scunthorpe are a team that are flying. So if we can get a result there, then and we're right up in the mix of you know we take us up to fifth, fourth or fifth mm. in the table. So. I know what they're saying. We need to win this game coming up, and then we'll be right up there. Then you can look at it and say that's not bad because we're up in the mix. If we don't get a result at Scunthorpe, you know it's it's only it's early September, but you'd like to be, you know, Russell wants us to be in the top six. It'd be nice to be in the top six for the majority of the season, and yeah. we need to beat those teams to be up there. Yeah, uh, Chris Davin, uh said also said that the, the squad not good enough at this level. I mean, we, we, we're talking about the squad. I mean, we've, we talked about it a lot in in the build up to the end of the transfer window. I mean, this is the first show you've been on since the end of the transfer window. So, how, yeah. how do you personally see it? Um, I'd, I'd like to have seen a couple more come in, um, like the box to box midfielder. I think we're shouting out for, but then I've, I haven't seen Orvestad play yet, so I'd, I'm not too sure. Uh, defensively, we're you know we're, we're doing all right. We've got we've got Bauer who's fit again, Harry Lennon's fit again. And you've got Pierce, Conza, Solly, Fox, Teixeira stayed. I'm not sure if he's going to stay, mm. but but he's he's around and about as well. He's injured at the moment, but midfield's the main issue, isn't it? You've got um, Lookman and and Holmes, but besides that, in terms of wingers, you've got you've got Bataka and, and not really much else. Yeah, that's um, that's very true. And striker wise, we've got three really good League One strikers. Yeah, I mean, so. you, I mean normally normally it's striking squad. I think. Three and, and one youth players, sort of what you'd expect, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's quite good. I mean, I'd, now Carlin's got himself a contract sorted out. I'd like to see him, um, you know, get his confidence back and maybe make a bit of a name for himself down in down in League One, and that might be might be a good step for him to come in for a couple of the EFL game, the 
the EFL Trophy and the Checker Trade Trophy games or whatever. Christ, yeah, uh, I forgot about that yeah, competition. Yeah, the Checker Trade <laughs> Trophy against yeah. whatever. Seven Oaks Town. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting you pick up um, uh, well, a couple of players. Like George Shashera won. I mean, I, I, I think he's still injured, which is why he hasn't been involved yet. But do you mm. expect him? I mean, because the, the, whole, the whole thing, all we're hearing, I think we heard from Rich Corley that he, he has a very good line with Slade. That, that I, don't, I don't think Tex was really in Slade's plans. And we were, we were hoping to ship him off. But I think because he's on such high wages or on such a long contract, he was on a four-year contract for his age, that's a big wedge that someone like mm. a buying club would have to you know, see or we'd have to yeah. pay off. So we, we didn't get rid of him. So do, do you think he'll, if, if and when he'll return from injury, do you think he'll, he'll, he'll start to feature? Uh, I mean, I hope so because I, I think he's a really good player. Um, and it's... He, you know, we we tried. Was it on? There was a breakdown on the on the transfer deadline day. We he was going to go somewhere and he didn't. Was it? Oh, I War think a gem or wherever. Yeah, I think we he were. He was. Um, uh, he was. He was. Yes, yeah, putting himself in in the shop window, so, so to say. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, that was only going to be a loan, wasn't it? To to, to whatever they were called, even, gem, cause yeah. they were because we they didn't want to pay the money for him. So. That's that's one. Though, I mean, that's a completely another topic. But the amount mm. of times we've sent people out on loan because we haven't been able to get rid of them. Yeah, but you think if we if we're going to keep him here and we're paying those wages, then why not use him? Because yeah. he's he's a good player. He's a mm. very good defender. So he got some goals last year, which were important, and he he looked good and he came in. It wasn't it's not a good season to assess him on because we got relegated, but. Yeah. He's he's a good enough player, so I'd like to see him involved. But you know, he's got Pierce in there as well. Bauer is fantastic when he plays. Konza has been brilliant since he started off. So selection headache, isn't it? Mm. Really, yeah. Uh, which is is healthy to have a selection headache yeah. in those positions. Well, it's interesting to note that I mean, there was three central defenders on the bench again yesterday. I think, and the, and, that, and that means that Isri's keeping his place, which shows that Slade's really got faith in him at mm. his age, which is good. Yeah, and and he deserves it as well because. Every every preseason game I watched when Ezri played, he was fantastic, and he's he's kept that level up. <clears throat> he had a couple of shaky moments against Northampton, but apart from that, he's he's been a true professional, and he's he had to swoop over to right back for a game, didn't he? And he mm. he held his own there. So, you know, a player who he can play anywhere really in the back four, and he's he's holding his own in the division. So at the moment, it wouldn't be you wouldn't be justified to take him out of that team. Yeah. Um, right, the, the other player I've just written down on my thing because I think it's, it's worth noting now because we, obviously we know that, that Admola Lookman stayed uh, bids from Palace and I think they said West Brom as well linked with linked with Addy on, on transfer deadline day and and then he's now started a game which I found I, I don't know if it's coincidence or if that is because he's he's now stayed and, and, and we don't have to worry about getting his head wrong I think Slade, Slade talked about him needing to calm down um, in, in, the, in the last in the week or so before the transfer deadline day after the Bolton game do, do you think do you think that's the reason he's starting or do you think it is just more the fitness now because again he also said that he, he's getting back to with, with the long summer he's had with, with no with I think four days break he, he needed to regain some sort of levels and, and, and perhaps he, he's just more where he needed to be now yeah I mean I'd like to think it's just a little bit coincidental that he's he's come back in the team now and it was just because of rest I think I think you know Russell was going to respect that he's a young player um, who didn't have much rest over the summer? Um, I think it's I think it's just awkward timing that now he's uh, now he's ready to start that the windows uh, closed. But mm. it's fact it's a massive statement that we've kept hold of him because mm. the way we were going in the summer, I could have seen him going. Mm. I, we were refreshing Twitter yeah. every five seconds to yeah. check if he was still here. So the fact he's still here is fantastic, and he's he's going to be a really really important we, player. We didn't really come off for him at times yesterday. And we, we we actually started with quite a strange formation, which I didn't really mention. We, we we seem to start with McGinnis on the right. Uh, mm. Lookman was in the middle. I think we seem to start almost a four-five-one, um, perhaps. But yeah, that that was that was a strange one. But um, I think in the second half he had a little bit more of the ball. A couple of times he tried to get down that left-hand side. It, it wasn't quite there 
Um, and that's the only other thing, I guess, because he is such a good impact sub. <laughs> sometimes yeah, when yeah. you see those players who, who can really change a game coming off the bench, running at tired defenders, sometimes when they start, they, it, it takes them a while to, to get into the game. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he's, like we say, he's, he's made impact every time he's come on uh, this season thus far. So it's nice to get him in the starting lineup because we've, we've all been shouting for it. So just got to be a bit, bit patient with him and. I'm sure he'll get firing. He shows what he can do. He did against Bolton a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So. Mike Tyson says, people saying draw away and you win your home games recipe for success is fine, but we haven't won our home games, have we? <laughs> that is a good point. We've, a we've, point yeah. We beat uh, Shrewsbury. We drew with Northampton. We drew with Bolton. You can say a draw with Bolton. Yeah, I mean, when you if you want to get promoted, you, when you're playing a promotion rival, you should be winning at home, I guess. But a draw is not the worst result. The Northampton game obviously took a while to get going. Uh, Shrewsbury was it was it was a good performance against, admittedly, not the best not the best team we've ever played. Uh, uh, Dan says, uh, personally, think we have a pretty good squad, other than in midfield. Even with the squad, the signing of Olvstad, it's still not there. Uh, I mean, Slade, again, Slade said it himself he wanted he wanted one more, but it's, it's, it's interesting now. Now that we know that, that there's no loan window or anything, mm. we know what we're stuck with now. So it's, yeah. I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't quite say it's a plus because obviously it'd be great if we could loan in that that extra couple more yeah. that we need. But I guess in the manager's mind, he know he knows exactly what he's got to work with now, and he can build a plan around that. Yeah, I mean, is it, what's the deal with free agents? Are you allowed to bring free agents I've, in? Oh. I don't know. I think you can. I think mm. so. Although, having said that, we were, I was discussing was it Dean Cox who left. Uh, he left Orient. Someone yeah. was saying if, if hypothetically we wanted to sign him, apparently we wouldn't be able to sign him until the transfer window. So I don't know if you would have had to leave within the transfer window for that to work. Yeah. Because obviously Diara left us within. I know he left us after, didn't he? No. So and then he signed for AS Nancy. So maybe we could decide mm, maybe. Any, yeah. yeah. I'd have to. I'd actually look that one. Uh, one up to confirm. Right, Daniel Farmer. Uh, so thought yesterday's point was a good one considering we came from behind twice. We can't expect to be going away from home and turning over teams in this league all the time. Let's have a bit of perspective here. They were on good form and very good at home. So a point I will take and hope we get all three on Saturday. Win at home, draw away. We will be in good shape at the end of the season. Glad for McGuinness and Novak. Let's hope they can carry it on and hope a Jose gets on the score sheet sooner than later because it looks like he needs another goal to keep it, kick him on again. Hope it comes on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. Uh, for your email, yeah, I mean, no, uh, Jose uh, again yeah. yesterday. We saw, um, I think there was a chance early doors where um, he got, like I say, got headed back to him and he fluffed it. There was another one which you haven't really mentioned. I, I didn't actually watch the football league show highlights. I don't know if you, if it's on there or on the YouTube video where basically uh, McGinnis headed one back across goal and it's just too high for a uh, Jose at the far post. Otherwise, he would have yeah. nodded into an empty net. And it, so, so someone said it on Twitter yesterday. It might have been, I think it might have been Pete Superadic actually, but I can't remember for certainty. But a uh, Jose's. One of those is is a Jose one of those players that if he's not scoring he's not actually doing that much. I mean I don't know if, if do you think that of what you've seen or do um, you, he tries to get involved in in the build up. A I bit? think yeah I mean like we say he's just a bit of a um, he is a goal scorer but that is that is it isn't it it's, he doesn't really from what um, we've seen so far isn't yeah it, it's yeah. like the sort of person where if a ball fizzes across a box it's nine times out of ten it's a Jose going to put his foot on it and try and tap it in the net. Um, but have we been creating the chances for him? Uh, yeah, maybe um, we could have created more, but uh, he, like he he did well the other week to get those those two goals. I mean, mm. they they weren't the most difficult goals to put away, but he got in the right position to put them away. And mm. I was hoping that would lift his confidence a little bit. But you know, we've had the Bolton game now and the Fleetwood game. He's not got on the score sheet, but is it a disaster? Yeah, no, uh, not really. Yeah, can like we, we say personal, being too personal critical, targets yeah. are pretty irrelevant? Yeah. I think there's a. a the team target promotion is is ten times more important. And the th- the thing I will say is, even though like even though he hasn't had those goals 
against Bolton where he had chances and, and made the keeper work and yesterday where he was in the right position but didn't make the keeper work you know he, he is either having that chance against Bolton or he is in the right position I mean if if, mm. if that ball yesterday from McGuinness is not back at falling an inch lower he, he'd be scoring that and we'd yeah. be saying yeah great striker in the right place yeah. at the right time and so it'd be pretty harsh I think to say that just because he hasn't scored he hasn't been doing anything like he was he, he was in that right position he was in that right position for the not back as well I think yeah. um you know, so, so it's, it's a little bit from, from both. Uh, Matthias Johnson says, Hi guys, it seemed that Russell was fuming after the game yesterday to judge the start of the season. For me, there has been uh, too many draws. Only three wins in all competitions. Very average. You need to start winning and winning well. To be fair to Fleetwood, they punished us uh, with two really good strikes. However, one one thing you can say about this squad is they never give in. And that's a good point. because That's, that's two games in a row now where we've... Uh, uh, got a goal back uh, mm. late on. Uh, you know, we've seen three times. I think we've come back from behind to, to gain a draw at least. Um, you know, so uh, the, the sign up in the tunnel says says something like that. They've, they've, they've taken down the effort is uh, uh, quality is expected, effort is demanding. That one's mm. come down there and now says something along the lines of this team never gives up. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess we have seen that so far. Even on games where perhaps we've been having difficult periods, we've we've had good spells and and, and that's led to equalisers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. It's like so I think we were saying off air. I think Russell's brought in the right people, um, and that's that's going to help us along the way. That they're you know there's, there's triers, there's there's a spirit in that team, um, and I, I as a supporter from the stands, if we go from behind now, feel confident that we could come back and and get a draw or a win. Where before, if we went a goal down, it was it was you know curtains. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Wheeler's done us uh, done us a favour there. He says uh, uh, Dexter Blackstock was released after the deadline, but I think this tweet from Rotherham should clear it up. And Rotherham was signed Dexter Blackstock, so if someone's released after the deadline, you can. So whoever was speaking to me yesterday was talking nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right in the second half of the show, don't forget we want to know what the strangest place you've been to on the on the way to a game is. After I found myself going into the Blackpool ballroom and uh, eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning. Uh, whilst my mates enjoyed a pint of beer and I had an orange juice, which, uh, watched uh, middle-aged and old and elderly people uh, ballroom dancing uh, up Blackpool Town. It really, if you've never been to to Blackpool and, and you're heading there, you really have to go and visit the Blackpool Town, especially if you like Strictly, because apparently they're doing one of the shows there. But it was just one of the uh, more interesting days I've ever had away from home. So we want to know what you guys have been uh, been doing on your away days that, that, that it hasn't been going to the pub because we all go to the pub or we all go you know, stop off the services or something on the way up. But you know the, the fairly staple is you go to the pub and you go to the game, go back to the pub to drown your sorrows. Uh, we went to the ballroom dancing. If it was if it stayed open an hour later, I probably would have gone back to the ballroom dancing because I did quite <laughs> enjoy it. So let us know. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive or head over to the charltonlive thread. Tell us what you've done unorthodox on the way to an Okay, I'm back in a, a few moments here on Maritime Radio uh, to discuss everything, Charlton. Johnny Jackson! Charlton Live. So it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio 101.4 FM in the local area on Greenwich. Uh, don't forget, you can also tune in to us on the TuneIn app. If you download that on your smartphone or on your iPad or whatever, uh, the TuneIn app uh, is, is a really good app, actually. You can listen to all sorts of radio stations. You can listen, if you download that app and then search for Charlton Live, you'll see we've got our very own page on there. You can listen to us when we're on live on a Sunday evening and on a Thursday evening, both at 7pm. You can also listen to our host station, Maritime Radio. Don't forget, also, all of our shows are available 
uh, after the event as a podcast. Uh, you can you can stream that on our website, chartmanlive.co.uk. You can download it as an MP3 to your computer if, you, if that's how you like to do things. Or obviously the uh, the podcast apps, the likes of iTunes and Acast, uh, you can download those apps, search for Charlton Live. The best app out there for us is Acast. Uh, whenever we upload through Acast, and when we do that, it's, it's in there instantaneously. Uh, also, it's free for you guys. The app is free. Playing the show is free, but um, they'll, they'll they'll stick a thirty second ad at the at the start or at the end, uh, which you, you listen to that, and they'll give us probably a penny or something. But they all adds up, and the more of you listen through uh, Acast, the better it is for us because we can get better stuff. Uh, for the studio, which is falling apart at times, right? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, after this is uh, uh, Danny Baker does this on his Saturday morning shows. Last week's topics this week, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, Chris Smith, Chris Smith's emailed in. He obviously listened on the podcast. Uh, I spotted Nicky Jose outside the valley here using the cash point. I thought well, that's a really boring thing to see a footballer doing. <laughs> and we started off uh, started off a hashtag, hashtag footballers spotted doing mundane things. And we had loads of I had loads of reaction to that on the Saturday. So I thought well, we'd do that on the show on Sunday. And that <laughs> made for made for a bit of fun. That. So um, and then actually it was quite good. I was coming back from the show on Thursday. Uh, uh, I got the train back. I had to change at Lewisham, and I just got on my train from Lewisham to, to back home. And I got a tweet from someone saying I just spotted Louis Mendes at Lewisham Station drinking a bottle of water. Hashtag football reporters spotted doing mundane things. <laughs> so I got played at my own game there. So I quite enjoyed that. But anyway, Chris Smith has said, uh, "Hi, well, I know this was last week's subject." But I thought it might be worth a laugh on players doing mundane things. I once walked into the petrol station near the Sparrows Lane training ground and was queuing up to pay for my petrol. Uh, in front of me was none other than Jonathan Fortune. As I was wondering whether to say hello to him, Matty Svensson appeared from the back of the shop and shouted, Hey, Jonathan, you forgot your magazines. Then proceeded to walk up to the uh, counter and throw a whole stack of... Um, uh, how can I phrase this? Um, adult entertainment magazines at him <laughs> and walked out. Jonathan Fortune was left speechless, paid for his poetry and walked out without a word and also without the uh, adult entertainment magazines. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, cheers, Chris, for that. <laughs> That's quite, I hadn't actually read that email, so as soon as I got half through, I was like, oh, God, where's this going? That is, that is an excellent one to add, Chris Smith. Uh, player, players doing mundane things, being uh, interrupted by other players doing not so uh, mundane things. Another email from Aaron May. Again, this was from a couple of weeks ago but we missed it so i thought we'd catch up with it because it's, it's more of a general uh thing uh, he says a uh, great show as always thanks aaron he says uh, my first question is do you think one of slade's biggest challenges this season or up until the january transfer window is trying to keep our abundance of first team center backs pierce Konza, tex bauer rojo and lennon happy and that's a good point because he's, he's listed one two three four five six there that's six who could all get into this team i mean uh starting with, with, with pierce and Konza at the moment i mean to share is a very good player bauer's a very good player lennon was starting to show his worth towards the second half yeah. of last season Rojo I mean for all his flaws in terms of a lot of fans aren't too happy with him mm. he's, he's not as bad a defender as, as perhaps we, we make out as, as perhaps some fans make out because they don't like him I think I mean I remember the Cheltenham game I actually thought he played pretty well gave him mm. my, my man of the match for that game and, and, and there's six players there and he's got to keep them all happy somehow yeah that's going to be um, that's going to be an interesting one see how that unfolds uh, between now and, and January isn't it because I don't know how long Tex is out for. Um, Bowers obviously just coming back now, but apparently he looked he looked really good against Bolton when he came on. So he's going to be he's going to be getting hungry to get in that side. Mm. Pierce and Pierce and Cons are obviously doing okay at the moment. So it's it's sort of waiting for one of them to slip up. I, I imagine Cons would probably be the easiest one to keep happy because even though he's having this run in the first team mm. squad and he's not being budged, despite the fact that Bowers sat there on the bench and yeah. Johnson sat there on the bench, he, he probably knows that you know he, he's so young. 
that mm. if he was to, to be asked to take a step away for a rest or whatever, he'd probably know, well, you know, I've, I've had a good run, I can push myself. I mean, he won't be delighted, but you'll probably know that he's had his chance. But, I mean, the likes of, well, we don't know what's going on with Teixeira because, like we say, we, we know he was trying to get away from the club. Uh, whether he'd be happy to sit on the bench or to not play at all, I mean, the, the, the likes of those sort of men, do you think Do you think that? I mean, Johnson, I, mean, I, saw, I was looking at Roger yeah. Johnson yesterday in the, in the they were walking around the pitch pre, pre, pre-game and he seemed very happy. Mm. I mean, he's... Um, he's obviously he's getting to the tail end of his career, really, isn't he, Johnson? So um, he's probably he's he probably doesn't mind too much sitting sitting on the bench. And if Russell needs to call upon him, I'm sure he will. Um, but he didn't he didn't have the worst game against Berry, or like you say, Cheltenham, and he's found himself out of the side. So um, I don't know. It, I think a lot of people prepared for Tex to, to go. So mm. now that he's still in the in the mixer to to get into that side, it's. It's a real headache for Russell because is is he part of is he part of his plans? I don't know. I'd like to think he he could be because, like I said, he, he did a job. Um, Bauer, I really like Patrick Bauer. I think he's a really good fit for the club as well. So I'd like to see him back in the squad. But Pierce and Cons haven't really put a foot wrong yet. So yeah. it's it's massive. I mean, there's a lot of we're so used to being short in position. So to have six defenders that you feel you can call upon at any time is, is really good especially yeah. with all centre-backs as well yeah Aaron's uh, email continued and also what do you make of promotion challengers Bolton obviously this is after, not long after the Bolton game but he says they made some very good deadline day signings at this level Sammy Amiobi James Henry Ben Anik Tom Thorpe and then he's put and some Palace on there not I know some Palace kid went on there on loan, but I can't remember his name because despite the nickname I've been given on Charlton Life for covering the FA Cup semi-finals for Richard, I'm not I'm not a Palace fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we 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 starting. I mean, it's well, we seven seven games in now, are we six seven games in. Yeah. We're, we're six. Everyone else is seven. You you start to see the table taking shape now. I mean, Slade says it's not until twelve, but you're looking at those other teams that are up there, the likes of Fleetwood, Bolton, Scum. I mean, Scumford for me a bit of a surprise package, as are Fleetwood, but Bolton you'd expect up there. I mean, are, yeah. are you looking at Someone thinking these are going to start being our uh, our um, challengers if, if I mean, we're going to be up there. Yeah, I think Bolton are Bolton are going to be round and abouts definitely. Um, Sheffield United have got a few wins now, a few good wins as well. Um, they could they could start taking shape. Um, you can never write off um, the M word, can you? They're they're always going to be round and about. <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah, the the mill. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, they'll they'll be around there. So. We got them in a couple of weeks. That's going to be a real. That's going to be a real massive test for yeah. us when we play them. So I mean, yeah, like we, like um, like Aaron was saying about the deadline day signings, the Bolton mates. They did bring in. You know, we were looking at James Emery to play in the Championship last year. So to mm. get him in League One, and we, and we were after him again this time. Around, yeah, so exactly. Like, yeah. And and Sammy Amiobi had, had a decent season under Slade at Cardiff last year. So they're good signings. Um, Parkey's a manager who knows the league. He's he's done a, a job at Bradford. Um, so they've got you know they've got a good mix there. The Armwick thing made me laugh because I know he he left us for personal reasons and he did exactly the same to yeah, people. Yeah, right? so, uh, you don't want to go too much into that because we we don't know what they are. Yeah, exactly. and some of the rumours around what, yeah, some of the rumours around what it was first time was well, that, that's a really fair reason. Yeah, um, but yeah, this one this one is it's happened again. Which uh, you just just hope everything's all right for him. But he's, he has yeah. he's moved he's moved back up north now. And because uh, where was he before? He was um it was Peterborough, wasn't Peterborough? It? Yeah, so yeah, he's moved even further north. He's moved properly up north. He, went, he left us and went to Orient, and then, then yeah. he went to Orient for. A, couple of weeks yeah if that and that's that's when he had the thing end up at Peterborough so I don't, yeah. yeah I just want did you do I mean, so you hope he's alright because I was, yeah. I was actually quite gutted when he left I thought he um, he started getting the side didn't he and he was starting to look like a, a really good keeper so 
Mm. Uh, I think that's when Hamer was having a bit of a, a patch of form, or he was injured or something, and he, he came in and did a job. And it was a shame to see him go, actually. Yes. Um, replaced by the, the mighty Turan. So. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so thank you for your uh, email, uh, Aaron. It's, uh, it's, yeah, if, if, you, if you are listening on the podcast, don't be afraid to, to drop an email to studio at chatonlive.co.uk for the next show if you feel it's going to be relevant, uh, like Aaron's done there. And it's, uh, it's a good email for us. It's, uh, thanks very much. So I've, just, I've just been reminded by my brother on Twitter of somewhere else that I went to quite strange before an away game. So that'll be a, that's going to be our topic when we come back from this next break. What's the strangest place you've been to uh, before an away game? Because uh, yesterday I ended up in the Blackpool uh, Tower Ballroom, watching the ballroom dancers. So we want to know what the strangest place you've been. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive or you can go onto the charltonlive forum and uh, leave us a comment on our thread there. We'll be back in 30 seconds. This is fed in, lovely touch. Goes around his player, chips across the box. Jackson! Oh, yes! What a goal by Johnny Jackson! Arriving late in the box. Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross. And the skippers give a Charlton a lead. Charlton Live. Talking about Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Don't forget, tune in to Maritime Radio. Our, our very own Peter Finch is coming on, I think, 10pm. He's on the way to the Valley now, though apparently he's lost somewhere in Mirapum, I've just seen. Because we were hoping he was going to get in early enough to come onto the show uh, this evening, actually, but he's, he's got lost, so he's not going to be here till 10pm. Uh, but 10pm Maritime Radio here. Peter Finch uh, will be doing his his things. It's your favourite music and everything local here on Maritime Radio. And Charlton are Greenwich, lo- the local uh, football league club to Greenwich, so that's why Charlton Live's here as well. Daniel says uh, Johnson will never be forgiven. Boo him every game. No place for him. This squad give him away for free. And I, I dare say there is a fair few fans uh, who think that way. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, the way Daniel sees it. Right. Yesterday, this was me. Blackpool Ballroom, Blackpool Tower Ballroom, the, the stage of the Strictly Come Dancing uh, final of years ago, apparently. Now it's just, um, they do a week there, according to Amy. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, that's where I ended up finding myself yesterday. And my, my brother just tweeted me uh, a reminder of uh, another strange place that me and him went to before a game. Because we got to, it was Leeds away on a Tuesday night a few years ago. It's when we ended up drawing one all where Davide scored sort of uh, early in the second half. We had a few chances to win it late on as well. We ended up drawing one all, but um, yeah, me and my brother got, got up to Leeds probably for about one o'clock, so we had a fair few hours to kill, and I'm, I'm, I'm a drinker before a game. This was back in the day when I didn't have to work, so I was quite happy to go to the pub. I couldn't, I, I, did, I, couldn't, I didn't think I could handle that that long, so we thought we'd try and find something interesting to do in the build-up. So we ended up going to the, uh, the History of Leeds Museum, um, and this was, it was actually quite interesting, and, and this was not long after um, Chris Kirkland. Uh, was the Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper. This was on the weekend. We were playing on Tuesday after Chris Kirkland, the Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper, uh, had been at Hillsborough. A Leeds fan had jumped out from <laughs> from behind the goal and gone up and punched Chris Kirkland oh, in the yeah, face. Yeah. So so we were there the very next game. This is a few days later on the Tuesday night. So we were walking around the gift shop and my brother found a big vi- like a big, uh, Roman soldier helmet or something <laughs> like that. And he put it on, tweeted a photo to... Um, Ben Hamer saying, do you want me to buy this in case any of the Leeds fans come after you? <laughs> uh, also, uh, not long after, a certain scandal with a certain northern-based um, now then now then fella had come out. And so walking around the history of Leeds Museum, there was plenty of empty spaces where there used to be um, used to be exhibits on, on a certain someone that were no longer uh, there. But right, I wanted to know, uh, what's the strangest thing you've done on, on your way to a game? So I've got one I've got one in the email here from, from Mark Newby, and there's plenty on the Charlton Life Forum. Um, 
which I which I'll come to in a sec. But I'll go for I'll go for Mark Newry because Mark's a, always a good contributor to the show. He says right afternoon uh, after evening folks. He says after Louis Ballroom Blitz yesterday. Uh, the strangest thing I've done before a match is go to a funeral. Uh, we cremate, cremated my dad in the afternoon, and I got to the valley, still in my suit, to see us lose to Spurs, his team ironically, but I did leave his ashes in the boot of my car instead of having them with me, as knowing our steward in, they would have, t- they would have <laughs> taken the lid off me anyway. So, I guess, in a way, that's a nice story, that his dad won on the day that... that, um, <laughs> that but, yeah, I mean, going to a funeral and then going straight to a game in the yeah. suit, that's a, a pretty impressive one, right? Let me get up. I mean, have, have you ever done anything strange to us? You're more of a man who, who prefers to go to the pub, aren't you? I am. I mean, it, yeah, it, was, it wasn't before a game or on the way to. It was after the, the day after, actually, on the way home from Cardiff. So I'd, I'd been out in Cardiff the night before with my mate Harry, and we'd obviously got a little bit wobbly, <laughs> we're, we're feeling worse for wear. So rather than braving the drive home, we went to Barry Island. Oh, nice! And uh, went in the arcades and all sorts of that. I mean, yeah. so it wasn't. It was quite good actually. It was quite yeah. enjoyable because that's the thing. That there's, there's so many nice things you can actually do around a game, and I love. Um, I love going going somewhere for a few days before a game if you can. Like I mean, for Walsall, mm. I, Walsall's just done. We've done a weekend up near Amy's uh, brothers and to to visit her, you know, his his family, her niece, that sort of thing. But yeah, you know, did the museum and I think in uh, of the morning of that game, though, we did just go pretty much straight to the game. But we did the Black Country Living Museum. Mm. But uh, we did uh, uh, for Middlesbrough away last season. We had a few a few days up in York and. Then and on the, the morning of the game, before we drove up, we went round the like Clifford's Tower, sort of the <laughs> remains of the castle. So we have done some 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 more interesting things. But mm. I'm after strange because ballroom dancing, ballroom dancing is, is, is very there. much. <laughs> I mean, there. anyone who knows me knows I'm not much of a dancer, especially ballroom version. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, I, I noticed Roger Trask earlier asked how how my how my gown fitted. I confirm I, I did not put a gown on. Uh, we were so tempted Lied. though because <laughs> when you when you pay you, if you pay to go you, you pay the free quid you have to sit in the balcony so you walk through the the, the dance floor down the bottom but then you have to go up to the balcony we were so tempted to get our Charlton flag out and just hang it over the <laughs> hang it over the balcony uh, right so let's um, let's see what everyone's strangest place. Uh, so Shirty Five on the Charlton Life forum, uh, he said he said he went for a tour of the Coronation Street uh, at the Granada Studios before an evening came against Man United. So that's a that's, that's not too bad. Um, Southwest Addict said he went to a free arts museum in Basel. Not bad. Now this is one from uh, Danny AFKA Bartram, the uh, one of the guys who runs the Charlton Life forum, and this one this one made me laugh because this is a place I've been to as well. He says in 1992, our venue for a pre-match beer at Barnsley away was the bar in a leisure centre slash aqua park, a few hundred yards from the ground. I've had a good yard with a gorgeous barmaid who said Charlton Tun in well that's a terrible accent in the most northern accents uh, was one of the better days. The next season, around 12 of us decided to leave for Barnsley at 6 o'clock in the morning. All of us had taken our Bermuda shorts, so we had a two, uh, a good two hours on the flumes in the swimming pools before the before the bar opened. <laughs> and, I mean, I, when I went to that bar before the six 0 I was looking at those swimming those uh, those log those uh, water slides and what they did look pretty good. I mean, if you, I was so tempted to after we've won six 0 go and get in that swimming pool, have a sl- celebratory slide around, but didn't he? <laughs> Danny says we were all well into Gary Oldman's football hoolie film, The Firm, at the time. Uh, we think they must have cut the scene out where they're all squashed into a jacuzzi whirlpool before one of the big <laughs> matches. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blackpool72 said that he was uh, the strangest place he's been to for a game was Blackpool Police Station cell for 12 hours. Oh dear. I can imagine there's been a few of us like that. Uh, uh, Elsborg Addict said he went to Ikea in Denmark before the Lingby preseason game. Suede Addict said he went to Catford before the game once. Oh. 
I've been to Cat for days. That can be strange sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Shirty Five then has not been there personally, but the White Horse in High Wycombe might get some mentions. Now, I don't know if you know the story of the White Horse in yeah. High Wycombe. Yeah, I, I, again, personally, I haven't been there myself, but I understand it's, it's, it's what they call in the business a booby bar. <laughs> um, so some people have been to that one. Um, uh, Badger on the forum says he arrived two hours uh, before a game at Le- uh, Leicester City at Filbert Street, so he went to a jumble sale before the game. Not bad. Uh, Creepy Addict said at QPR a couple of seasons ago we couldn't get into any pubs so we ended up in a Chinese restaurant for pre-match beers and a number 65 so that, that, that sort of thing that, that's right on my street that is I mean normally before a game now like, we, we end up going because I, I work at the games I have, to, I have to be I like to be here 12.30 the latest mm. so, uh, so but my mates like to go to Nando's so we end up going to we always end up going to Nando's about 11 o'clock in the morning so <laughs> having Nando's for breakfast that's, that's a good way to it's do your pre-match bad. yeah um, Stig said he had lunch in the Fleetwood Weatherspoons yesterday. Nothing strange about that. But then he got to go on a tram before the ground, uh, before the game, which he's never done before. It was a bloody long tram to get out to Fleetwood. That's going to take forever, about 40 minutes. Yeah, oh, it's much, yeah, it's longer <laughs> than that. And it's so slow as well. And on my tram yesterday, there was two, two ticket inspectors. And I assume they do this every day, but they're having a massive pretend argument. They thought they were hilarious. But everyone else was like, are these two going to kick off? Well, they kept going up to each other going, yeah, do you want, are you upset? I'm glad you're upset. And then pretending to hit each other. Like the two people who worked on the train collecting oh. the tickets, yeah. It didn't help, but then some like, how can I describe this? Locals, uh, you know, in Blackpool, locals. Mm. So they looked like they'd been on something. Uh, they came on and they started joining in with the argument, oh, which was no. a bit, but again, they seem to all know each other, but that was a weird yeah. one. Uh, Atletico Addict said, in some Norwegian fellow's back garden at 4am drunk the night before a match uh, up in Alta guy must have heard me and came out shouting at Norwegian at me in a rash drunk decision I decided to opt for the hop the fence section got caught up in it so ended up him helping me over <laughs> and showing him a car to my hotel room him pointing me towards it he pointed the wrong way <laughs> I mean we've all been on nights out haven't we before, uh, before it came um, I, mean, I remember one time up at Blackpool we were all sort of you get into fight sort of on the Friday night, get into five, six o'clock, thinking oh, I should probably head back to the hotel, get some kit mm. before the the pre game pub. And then getting texts from my mate saying, Right, just leave in, see you in a minute, a few hours. I was like, Oh, hell, they've, they've woken up <laughs> on their Saturday and we're still out on our Friday. Uh, Atletico added that he's also been to Croydon before Palace away. That's a weird place. And I yeah. can confirm that it's a weird place. I went through Croydon yesterday. I'm allowed to say that because I grew up in Croydon. <laughs> Oh, I like this one. Forever, Forever Addict said he went to Barcelona Zoo on the way to Andorra versus England a few years ago. That's not a bad one. Uh, Barcelona Zoo. A uh, couple more before we... Uh, we're going to look ahead to the AFC Wimbledon game. Free Blokes said he went to 10 Downing Street before before a, a, a game. Now, Free Blokes, you've got, you've got to explain that one. I mean, are, are you David Cameron? Were you on, the, on your way to Aston Villa or West Ham, depending on which way you remember, which team you remember you supported? Uh, Addicted, Addicted said Henry sorted out a pre-match stadium tour of Germinal Beer Shop when we had one of our famous tie-ups with them. Only problem was they'd moved the game forward by 24 hours for Belgium TV and we turned up to the ground a day late. So we did a tour of Antwerp's Red Light District instead. Ooh. Blimey, uh, I know they have, they have a different sort of game there, don't they? Karim <laughs> um, uh, Mybegari said, having been to Watford a couple of times and realising there is not much to do there, we decided not bothering to get there until after two, which gave us plenty of time to have a wander around Highgate Cemetery. The morbid feeling continued when we watched Watford stuff us five now I remember that game because I was at Centre Parks in a jacuzzi with a tin of uh, Fosters on on the go while you lot were all suffering that 5-0 away a couple of years ago <laughs> <laughs> I was on a stag do and he said um, 
CFC fan said, a shop that sold nothing but gloves in Bergamo en route to Brescia for the Ango Italian Cup. So that's the strangest places that some of you have been uh, on your way to a game. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Ten minutes to go here on your Sunday evening uh, before we... So we're going to have time, I guess, to look across to... Uh, look f- uh, forward to next Saturday's game with FC Wimbledon here at the Valley. Lovely ball into the part for Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball, ball across the penalty area, picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton 2-1 up. Charlton Live. Well, Matt, Charlton Live here, Maritime Radio. Uh, time to look ahead, I guess. Uh, our first ever competitive game with AFC Wimbledon. Um, I mean, it's all about Wimbled- AFC Wimbledon as a club. So we've been playing the old fake version of them, MK Dons, for, for a, a few times now. But this is, I mean, this is a big, you know, as a club, Charlton, we know what it's like to, to lose something. And, and whereas we lost our ground and, and we got it back, they lost something quite different. They lost their club. Yeah. Their club disappeared and they've had to start a new one. So it, they, they, showed, they showed such tremendous courage and such, you know, such good work to, to build up this club from, from nowhere uh, and within 10 years be in the same league as, as themselves, in a way. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant story, isn't it? Um, I, I was so happy when they got promoted um, back in May. Now that game against uh, MK franchise Dons is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's, it's, it's ironic actually because as a Bromley fan, because everyone knows I, I like a bit of non-league as well, and Bromley and my, my local team on that. Fan, we, we we don't get on with FC Wimbledon because <laughs> we, they came up through the leagues together and it developed a bit of a rivalry for a little mm. while. I mean, AFC obviously outstripped Bromley now and they're not really in the same sort of league now but um, so as a Bromley fan I'm always tempted to stick the boot in a bit but uh, you know as a football fan you do have to admire mm. what, what, what's happened there and, and um, they, they struggled at the start of this season which I think it's fair to say though yeah they have I mean looking at their their form it's not been great uh, since they kicked off they, they lost yesterday to Sheffield United but then again they're a team we we're expecting to be up there and they're sort of on the on the rise Um I mean, apart from that, I'm not sure. They even, I don't think they've actually won yet. Oh, they have. They beat Chesterfield a couple of weeks ago, which is a yeah, not a bad result at home. Yeah. So, but apart, I mean, apart from that, it's a you know, it's a couple of de- couple of defeats, couple of draws. Um, they got they got some players that stand out. I mean, there was a, um, Dean Parrott in particular used to play. Yeah, we had Dean Parrott before, didn't we? And they've got um, so Barry Fuller as well. Yeah, Barry Fuller. Is it, did he used to play for- Andy Bartram as well? Yeah. Was Barry Fuller's link to us, or was he, is it just a name I know? I can't remember. I think Barry Fuller used to. Was he in a youth club or something? Maybe. Yeah, yeah like I can't remember. Yeah, I remember it was, he went to Gillingham, mm. didn't he? And then yeah, and um, and oh, oh god, just now you just said Gillingham. I just remembered something on the train home. Our, our train home yesterday. Um, obviously, going through Preston, it's come from Carlisle, and that's where the, the O's were playing yesterday. Um, so late in orienting, we're on our mm. train. And Stella Steve, who gets a mention on this show every now and then, he comes with us. Uh, he can't help himself. He'd, uh, he'd, uh, Andy Hessenthal was walking down, walking up the carriage. And as he was walking past, um, 
Steve just went, uh, Orion, ha, ha, ha. And Hessenthal turned around. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Uh-huh. And, luck- and uh, Steve just went, all right. And he walked off. I was like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> because that could have been nasty. Um, yeah, um, so AFC Wimbledon, uh, London Elite Geezer was pointing out here, top six, top six budget Cholton versus uh, bottom of the lot budget AFC Wimbledon. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, I think he might be being slightly psychic there because we know fully well what could go wrong. And, and <laughs> yeah. uh, at times, as a Jolton fan, you come to expect it, really. <laughs> you do, unfortunately, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think, we're, you know, we're at home. We've, we haven't lost for a while, so it'd be nice to to get a good result at home that's going to excite people, you know, maybe get a, get a 2-0 or something, a clean sheet behind the guys as well. Um, but obviously, women are going to come at us because it's a, it's a little London derby. Um they're gonna they're gonna be up for it. They're gonna to want to try and claim a scalp as every other team in this league wants to with us. So I'd, it'll be a, it'll be a tougher game than people are gonna make out, despite their position. Like like we said earlier, you have got to approach every game the same. Mm. Um, I think they'll give us a good go. I mean, they, it was three two with Sheffield United yesterday. So they, so, they yeah, two past. I, I think I think I've got a feeling that a lot of their games have been they've scored but they've conceded more sort of sort of defeats. Yeah, like, I mean two ones and so yeah. I mean, I was looking through their form earlier and. They're all pretty. They haven't been thumped, you know. They've they've they lost two one to Scunthorpe, who were flying. They got a nil nil with Northampton. Um, who they just, no one's beating them, are they? Northampton? Are yeah. they anyone beating them yet? I don't think so. Are they still not. They're still they must be about twenty eight undefeated now. Aren't they? Yeah, it's something yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? And then a one or draw with Rochdale, uh, and then just two one and three two with Chesterfield and Sheffield United, who are two mm. uh, good established League One sides. So yeah. it's. They've had a bit of a tough start when you look at it on paper. They beat Swansea under twenty threes in the in the weirdo trophy thing. That, that doesn't got. count. Can't <laughs> count that one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a tough start. we you know, will be a tough test, but so will they. They're gonna they're gonna come here, um you know, they've they've got the bonus of, of maybe no expectation that they they come here and think, well if we get a win that'll be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, but, they're going to look at a Charlton side that hasn't lost at home all season. Yeah. And they're going to look at a Charlton side that we, we're hoping is going to challenge for the top six this season. Yeah, exactly. They're going to, they've, they're going to just come in at all, you know, all holds bar. They're going to, they're going to go for us. So I'd like to think that we've got the, um, you know, we've got the bottle and the spine to just, to cope with that. And hopefully we can get a nice win, a clean sheet and, you know, that'll rocket us up the up the table into the into that top six. Yeah, Bob Liscom uh, confirms Barry Fuller was ex youth. He left Charlton in in two thousand and six. Um, I mean, do, do, do you foresee changes? I was mean, Slade said that he's hoping Jackson's going to be back in training on Monday. Do you think he'd come straight back in? Um, I think I think he could because I even though you know we say he's aging a bit and stuff. I think whenever he doesn't play, we always miss him because he, he brings just something to the team. Um, so w- will he come in I, th- I think so whether that's for Crofts or um, Ulfstad I'm, I'm not too sure um, you know Lookman, Lookman got the start as well um, but like you say he didn't didn't go for him yesterday maybe he'll look at giving Botaka a bit of more of a run but um, I guess we, we're now we're in this situation where really we, we have options in, in some mm. positions like a striking position we know uh, yeah. like, so on the wings you, you wonder with Botaka's newfound confidence perhaps he picked up out in the, in the with the DR Congo's game against the Central African Republic you know you just wonder if, if he thinks about changes or not in, in that yeah sort of I, I think Botaka could be in with a shout and, and possibly even even Lee Novak could be in with a chance now maybe maybe he'll, he'll take um, Ajose out for a, for a game or something and see if he can do something off the bench Hmm. Um, or or leave him in and try and get his confidence up, but yeah. maybe bringing him on to make an impact could lead to him getting that goal that's going to rocket his confidence up. So, yeah. um, you know, there might be changes. It's, it's not like we had a, 
a win yesterday and you're looking at not wanting to change it around so hopefully um, yeah, if we do make the changes they're, they're going to be the right ones and we can we can go full pelt and get a nice win yeah hopefully my brother says it's his, uh, the first game since he's repurchased his season ticket so he's expecting a 6-0 defeat <laughs> which is very pessimistic, very pessimistic. <laughs> right. Uh, the subject we've been talking about in the second half of this show is what's the strangest place you've been to on the way uh, on the way to a game. I'm quite happy with the amount of responses we've had to this. I wasn't sure if there was going to be. We've had plenty of responses. Glass half full. All right, this one on the Charlton Life Forum says the morning of England versus Japan in Graz on the 31st of May uh, 2010. He said a private opening of the Graz Tram Museum arranged by his son Ben. Now that is exactly the sort of place that Charlton fans should be going to before games. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> trains or trams. I mean, trains that's, what, and tram that's right up our street, isn't it? Carl Andrews. Now, this is one he tweeted me earlier. I forgot to mention it, and I love I love this story because I mean, Carl. Anyone who knows Carl on Twitter, uh, he's a huge Charlton fan, biggest, one of the biggest Charlton fans I know. He's right up there. Uh, he's also a huge Northampton uh, County Cricket Club fan. Uh, goes down to Wantage Road all the time to watch uh, the Northampton team. Who it turns out they're terrible at white uh, white ball. Uh, sorry, at red ball cricket. They're always like, bottom towards the bottom of the second division in the county championship, but. Uh, uh, white ball cricket, the 2020 and your one day stuff, they're actually pretty good. Um, and uh, so the, twice in the last couple of years, they've got into the, f- the finals day of the 2020, and that's held at Edgebaston in Birmingham. And twice, uh, that's coincided with a Charlton away game in the in the you know in the Midlands area. So it was Wolverhampton uh, last season, and this season it was Walsall. And so basically, what happens on finals day is you play your semi-finals, uh, and then you play the final. So Northampton were in the semi-final in the morning. So he went to that both times. They won them both. Then he went to he got the trains to either Wolverhampton, where I think he turned up about ten minutes late, or Walsall, where again I think it was only about ten minutes he missed. Watched the game. Obviously, we lost at Wolves. We won at Wolverhampton, so he quite enjoyed the Wolverhampton one. Then he went back to watch the Northampton's final. I think I think they didn't. They lost last year in the final, uh, but they won in the final. Uh, uh, this year, so Carl certainly managed to squeeze squeeze some good ones around uh, around his, his away days. Finally, this is from an ex colleague of mine. He's actually a QPR fan. He said we were stopped by a South Korean army tank en route to a fixture in Incheon in 2002. So that's one way that's one way to prepare uh, for your match uh, away from home. Right, uh, we're just about run out of time here. Chat live on Maritime Radio. Going to hand you back to Maritime. Don't forget 10 p.m. here on Maritime 101.4 FM. Peter Finch. Uh, formerly of this parish, he's uh, he's coming in to uh, dis- uh, to do his show, so you can listen to Peter Finch. But yeah, that's it. Lewis, thanks for joining us here. No worries. Chat on live. My name has been Louis Mendes. Thanks for joining us on Chat on live. All your tweets, all your emails. Going to hand you back now to Maritime Radio. <laughs> Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.